Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Well, somebody in Mueller's office is leaking, ladies and gentlemen. I thought they don't leak in that office. You know the office is still there, right? You know the special counsel, Mueller, he's still there? You know that... uh, Some of Mueller's people are working with the Department of Justice to determine what they can or cannot turn over to Congress on redacting material unable to be lawfully released. Are you aware of that? You wouldn't know that if you read the New York Times today or the Washington Post, a.k.a. the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. The New York Times headline is, Some on Mueller's team say report was more damaging than Barr revealed. Some on Mueller's team? Is that how... This is supposed to work? Some on Mueller's team? Like Weisberg or others? I don't know. Now let me ask you a question. If Attorney General William Barr's letter to Congress a few weeks back was misleading, or worse, would not Mr. Mueller in his office put out a statement saying so? Did they not do that in the BuzzFeed case? Remember that, Mr. Producer? where they said they had testimony uh, by Michael Cohen indicating that the President of the United States tried to put the shoulder on him when he was going to testify before Congress. And the office issued a statement, Mr. Mueller's office, and said uh, that's not correct, actually. Now, Mueller's office hasn't released any such statement. As I said, they're assisting with helping the Attorney General and the Justice Department determine what material to redact, that is, what material may not be lawfully released. Now, they should. You want to know why? Because the Justice Department put out a little statement today, and they said every page of the confidential report provided to Attorney General Barr on March 22 was marked, may contain material protected under federal rule criminal 6E a law that protects confidential grand jury information and therefore could not be publicly released. Given the extraordinary public interest in the matter, the Attorney General decided to release the port's bottom-line findings and his conclusions immediately without attempting to summarize the report with the understanding the report itself will be released after the redaction process. As the Attorney General stated, In his March 29th letter to Chairman Graham and Chairman Nadler, he does not believe the report should be released in serial or piecemeal fashion. The department continues to work with the special counsel on appropriate redactions to the report so it can be released to Congress and the public. Now, they keep attacking the attorney general. Even in writing his initial letter to Congress, ladies and gentlemen, 
He had the input of the Deputy Attorney General, the Office of Legal Counsel, and other career attorneys in the Department of Justice. It's not the Barr letter. Barr wrote it and signed it with input and advice from people throughout the United States Department of Justice. And now the special counsel's office is assisting in determining in its own report what must be redacted. And what the Democrats are hoping is you don't understand any of this. But they want you to believe this is a cover-up. We even have fools on TV talking about Barr being bought and paid for, a sellout. They call these news channels, by the way. News channels. Why would real news outlets give voice to fools like that? Because they're not real news outlets. They pretend to be. Now, I don't think Mr. Barr and the career officials at the Department of Justice are going to sit still for this. That's why they said what they said today. They released a statement this morning. But the New York Times and Washington Post, which has helped perpetuate this scandal, which have been recipients of the felonious activity of senior individuals in the Department of Justice and the FBI and other parts of the government, they're still at it. They're still at it. That's why the president calls them fake news. This is a non-issue. Moreover, under the regulation that exists today, the attorney general is not required to release this report to the public. In fact, he's not required to give any parts of this report to Congress. But he said he would during his confirmation process. So now we have the House Democrats and the House Judiciary Committee issuing subpoenas, which will be challenged in federal court. We have allegations of cover-up. We have the New York Times and the Washington Post fanning the flame, stirring the pot. This is what they do. None of this is news. None of it. But all of it is projected as news, and often as breaking news. Now let's take a look at the New York Slimes and see how the game is played. Headline. Some of, some of Mueller's team say report was more damaging than Barr revealed. Some of Robert Mueller's investigators have told associates that Attorney General William Barr... So first of all, they're leaking to people to leak to the New York Times. In other words, they learned from James Comey. The Attorney General failed to adequately portray the findings of their inquiry and in that they were more troubling for President Trump than Barr indicated, according to government officials and others familiar with their simmering frustrations. This is why prosecutors... Every other prosecutor in the country is not free to make reports. If they think they have a case, they make it where a case is to be made in this country. Not in the partisan left-wing pages of the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost. At stake in the dispute, we are told by Nicholas Fandos, Michael S. Schmidt, and Mark Mazzetti, The first evidence of tension between Mr. Barr and the special counsel's office is who shapes the public's initial understanding one of the most consequential government investigations in American history. Do they know that the special counsel's office is assisting the attorney general's office and the Department of Justice in reviewing this report? You wouldn't know it from the first two paragraphs. Some members of Mr. Mueller's team are concerned that because Mr. Barr created the first narrative of the special counsel's findings, 
Americans' views will have hardened before the investigation's conclusions become public. Why is anybody in Mueller's office, former or present, concerned about that? That's not their job. That's not their job. Mr. Barr has said he will move quickly to release the nearly 400-page report, but needs time to scrub out confidential information. The special counsel's investigators had already written multiple summaries of the report. Some team members believe that Mr. Barr should have included more of their material in the four-page letter he wrote on March 24, laying out their main conclusions according to government officials familiar with the investigation. Mr. Barr only briefly cited the special counsel's work in his letter. Mr. Barr's letter was a preliminary letter. He said so. What's happening here, ladies and gentlemen, is there's an effort now to rewrite, to rewrite the report, to put spin on this report. And where to go but the New York Times and the Washington Post to do it. But the special counsel's office never asked Mr. Barr to release the summary soon after he received the report person familiar with the investigation said so what and justice department the justice department quickly determined that the summaries contain sensitive information like classified material secret grand jury testimony information related to current federal investigations that must remain confidential according to two government officials so far you don't have a single person on the record they've talked about government officials they've talked about people who know people in the special counsel's office and this is the nature of reporting today in the New York Times. So what is this? Is this news? No, these are malcontents and disgruntled individuals going to the pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post to try and advance their narrative. Former investigators are current. Former prosecutors are current. Doing that which they're not supposed to do. Every page of this report claims to have confidential grand jury information in it. Every single page. So the report could never be released as it, as it was written. That was a determination made by the special counsel's office. Special counsel's office is assisting the attorney general's office in reviewing the report as I speak. And now we have leakers. The New York Times... And the Washington Post aren't happy. They have invested enormous resources. Their reporters have put their reputations on the line to catch this president on collusion. To catch this president on obstruction. And they will hang on any prosecutor or investigator without attribution, of course, who is disgruntled, who's a malcontent, who complains about what's taking place. But I'll tell you something depending on what's released. This report is a two-edged sword for the Democrats and the left. Oh, they'll find their nuggets, they'll cherry-pick, and I'm sure they were planted there by the likes of Weissman and others among the Democrats and donors of Mr. Mueller's staff. But as I said, it's a two-edged sword. Because I suspect by the time you're done reading whatever it is that's made available... They're also going to want to know a hell of a lot more about how this investigation got started in the first place, about who's behind this. Is that all there is? How was this begun and triggered 
I suspect you and I, forget about the Post and the Times, we're going to have a lot of questions, questions they won't like. And if I were Attorney General Barr at this point, seeing how he's under attack for doing his job, seeing the spin that's taking place, I would be much more interested than ever before in getting to the bottom of this and appointing a special counsel. It's an amazing thing to watch this as a former chief of staff to an attorney general. Everybody runs right up to the line, and you're not allowed to go over the line. And what is that line? It's the demarcation between the phony collusion story, the phony obstruction argument on one side of the line, and all the evidence of collusion between the Hillary campaign, the DNC, this Democrat law firm, this Democrat lawyer, Fusion GPS, all of this, the FISA court on the other side of the line. And it's as if you run up to that line and you have one of those dog collars on with the invisible fences. And they push you back. If I were the Attorney General of the United States, I'd say, you know what? The New York Times and the Washington Post and the vast majority of the rest of the media have been on this, been in on this scam. Now they're trying to destroy me for doing my job. Now they're trying to rewrite the port, report. They're much involved in this, this conspiracy to, to scam the American people as anybody else. Well, now we're going to have another special counsel. Now we're going to want to know more, including leaks. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Could you explain the key differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late to learn no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since you've been in college or high school. And you can do it for free. Because my friends at Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, have free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches us how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help you, too. Getting started is very simple. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free. And you can learn whenever you like. Visit online.hillsdale.edu right now. That's online.hillsdale.edu. Join right now and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, that's online.hillsdale.edu. the Shorenstein Center, Shorenstein Center in Harvard, as you'll learn in my book, they looked at the first hundred days of the news coverage of the Trump administration. They picked seven main news outlets, including NBC. The two with the worst coverage, that is the highest negatives overwhelmingly, were NBC and CNN. Ninety percent of the news coverage of Trump and his administration, negative. Can you believe that, Mr. Producer? Ninety percent. One of the reasons is Ken Delanian. Ken Delanian is an NBC News reporter. And here's what he said today. Cut nine, go. 
Another aspect of this, guys, we're hearing from a separate U.S. official that some members of the Mueller team say that the evidence on collusion, while not uh, establishing a criminal conspiracy, is actually very compelling. Some of it may be classified, but to the extent to we get to see it, Mueller's report talks a lot about those contacts between the Trump campaign and Russia and raises the issue of whether the Trump campaign was manipulated by a sophisticated Russian intelligence operation. So I think the key here is we need to see Listen this Listen to him slobbering and speed-talking. He said nothing. Trump campaign was manipulated by a sophisticated Russian intelligence operation. We need to see the report. Some, some members of the Mueller team say the evidence on collusion while not establishing criminal conspiracy is actually very compelling. Mr. Barr, you need a leak investigation now of the Mueller team. You need a leak investigation that includes a thorough interview of Mr. Weissman, who's, where is he now, Richie? He's at NYU. Got some cushy job at New York University. Amazing how that works, too. Some members of the Mueller team, this just should remind you of the of the lousy reporting, the fake reporting that the New York Times and the Washington Post have engaged in time and time again. We've never really seen anything like this. This is a non-report. You have no idea who they're talking about. You don't know if it's a third party. You don't know if it's been, been laundered through some other parties. Some members of the Mueller team, and yet we know, as a matter of fact, that Mueller himself and the special counsel's office, which still exists, has not put out a statement contradicting anything that Bill Barr has said, and in fact is assisting Bill Barr in determining what to release in their report, given that every page says it is covered with 6E secret grand jury information, which they're not free to release. Why is it that the New York Times can't just tell the truth? Why is it that NBC can't tell the truth? Instead, you have this babbling buffoon, hyper-talking, going on and on like this, sounding just like a Democrat on Capitol Hill. Sounding just like a Democrat on Capitol Hill. Now, I'm going to get into some of this when we return here. We have Democrats. Actually, how much time do we have, Rich? 40 seconds. When we come back, you're going to want to hear this. This Angela Rye is on CNN. She is a disgrace. She is a hack. And she says that William Barr has been bought and sold at a price. I would like to ask CNN a question. Why is Angela Rye still on your payroll as a commentator? To make an allegation against that against an attorney general. That he's been bought and sold. If she wants to run for Congress, let her run for Congress. But why is it that you give her a platform on your platform? We'll be right back and we'll have that ready. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, 
the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, dot Hillsdale, dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Don't ask him for middle ground. There is no middle ground. Talk with Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. This is supposed to be a justice system. If you're accusing people of criminal behavior, you can't have a justice system that's politicized and a politicized system that is criminalized. We have a president of the United States who's being subjected to to really unbelievable abuse. Unbelievable abuse. He and his family and his staff in the private sector and in his White House. You have a report that's done by a prosecutor when, the, when none of us would be facing a report. You have a report that didn't find collusion regardless of what, quote, some members of the Mueller team, unquote, believed through third parties. We know there's no obstruction. How do we know that? Because Mr. Mueller didn't think it important enough to even issue a subpoena against the President of the United States in an attempt to force him to testify before his grand jury. He would have lost, but he didn't even make the effort. Why? Because there's no probable cause. That's why. You can't just issue a subpoena against a President. You have to go into federal court all the way up to the Supreme Court, and you have to show there's some kind of predicate. There's some kind of basis for your subpoena. You can't just conduct a fishing expedition against a president of the United States. Now, I am sure there are members of Mueller's team who disagree with this. Many of them donated to Democrat candidates, including Obama and Hillary. Many of them have voted for Democrat candidates, including Obama and Hillary. And the number one guy, Weissman. Andrew Weissman. He, uh, he was at the Hillary Clinton victory party. The idea that Mueller would hire somebody like this is absurd. So his opinion doesn't matter. The opinion of some members of Mueller's team doesn't matter. That's not how the justice system works. That's not how the justice system works. Moreover, it is not for prosecutors to use the grand jury process, subpoena power, other investigative tools that are unique to prosecutors to create an impeachment document, which is another reason that this report that this report is not necessarily to be made available to the public or to Congress. Mr. Barr has decided to do so. So let's look at what Mr. Barr has done, and despite his best efforts, bending over backwards for the Democrats, and I don't mean in any uh, improper way, I mean he's trying to accommodate them while upholding the law, but he still comes under attack. Let's look at what he's agreed to do. He's agreed to give as much of the report as possible to Congress, subject to legal and other issues that he must enforce as Attorney General of the United States. You know, he took an oath, too, to uphold the law of the land. That's number one that he didn't have to do. Number two, he's brought in 
none other than members of the special counsel's office, which still exists, to assist him and his team of career lawyers at the Department of Justice in determining what should and should not be removed from the report as a matter of law and a matter of traditional practice. Grand jury information. Information that may interrupt or undermine other investigations. Information that may interrupt or undermine counterintelligence investigations. Information that would wrongly, wrongly attack individuals who are peripheral to this investigation but might embarrass them. This is what we want the Attorney General to do, is it not, ladies and gentlemen, regardless of party, regardless of politics? This is why the prosecutor's report goes to the Attorney General and not directly to Congress, the way the Independent Counsel report did. This is a different process. It's a process that was put in place because it was determined that the prior process under the Independent Counsel statute was way too over the top in terms of our justice system. So what we're arguing for and supporting is the rule of law, our justice system. Then we have the mob, members of Congress, members of the media. Why didn't the New York Times include in its long article today what I just explained? Why didn't the Washington Post include in its long article today what I just explained? These newspapers are perpetrators of lies, of ideology, of partisanship. They have an entire history of doing this. An entire history. They do not seek objective truth. They're not looking to undergird our founding principles. They're attacking us. They're attacking the rule of law. The President of the United States, he deserves justice too under our criminal justice system. And yet... We have Angela Rye on CNN. Isn't she some kind of a reporter, Mr. Producer? I think she works for one of these uh, outlier outfits. But she's a pundit on CNN. And I want you to listen to this. CNN, as you'll find out when you read my book, also the Shorenstein Center, said CNN and NBC have the most negative coverage of Trump of all other outlets. Near the top also, the New York Times and the Washington Post. Of course. But here she is, Angela Rye, on CNN last night. Cut, seven, go. So what we should be hoping for is not a redacted report, but a full-on report. so that A America- full-on report. Well, let me ask you something, lady. Should there always be a full-on report from prosecutors who don't charge people? Now, this is amazing to me to hear the leftists in the New York Times, the Washington Post, here, CNN, NBC. If anybody else is accused of something and there's an investigation and they aren't charged and there's not even any effort to charge them. Are they going to say a prosecutor should produce and release a report that secret grand jury information should be released? No. In fact, many of these leftists run around, they're still defending this guy Smoley. Go ahead. 
can judge for themselves what's in it. I do not want to rely on Attorney General Barr's interpretation. Because You're not we- relying on Attorney General Barr's interpretation, genius. Much of the report, minus that which must be redacted, in consultation with the special counsel's office and career attorneys at the Department of Justice, will be released. What you're looking for is a dead horse to keep kicking. To keep kicking. So this can go on and on and on through the re-election cycle. That there was a cover-up. That there must have been something in that 60 information. There must be something that they're withholding because we have some people who work for Mueller who are off the record, unattributed, who say, oh, yeah, yeah, there's collusion there. Just not criminal collusion. Go ahead. Oh, that he's been bought and sold at a price. It was clear before he was even nominated that that was going to be the case. It is true. Bought and sold. That, that, and is, sold a, that, is, a, that is an outrageous allegation. Uh, well, you know what's more outrageous? You know what's more outrageous? This man was you confirmed know what's in a Stop, outrageous. stop. Scott Jennings, he's a former special assistant to George Bush, responding. And notice how Angela Rye responds by talking over him and yelling. She's an ignoramus. Absolute clown. Go ahead. Interruption. I told Chris I was going to do You go for it. Well, hold on. What you said was very provocative that he's bought and sold. Bought so and I, sold so, at a price, so meaning that he's Scott, another yes man in that same well, but, cabinet. But it of sounds like you're not... saying there was corruption, and that's why I let Scott push back <laughs> on you about it because we have no belief of I'm that. I'm not. But... I'm not. I'm sorry. That is a colloquial term. All right, fine. I'm saying. Good that oh, oh, it's a colloquial term. Since when? Bought and sold is a colloquial term. No, 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 I'm, you don't understand. I'm not saying it was actually bought and sold. Well, what the hell are you saying? And I love it when politicians in Congress and political hacks like this Angela Rye say, hey, he's political. He was appointed, you know, by, by uh, President Trump. When they're all political. Moreover, none of them were confirmed, and Barr was confirmed by the Senate. And he actually got some Democrat votes. And when he was confirmed the first time as Attorney General under Bush, he got a lot of Democrat votes. Go ahead. ...is a yes man yet for this particular president. He might not be bought and sold at a price, but there are a number of players around... Shut up, you idiot, you rambling buffoon. And I'm sure you'll be invited right back with the dummy Quis Cuomo. Quis Cuomo will have you right back because you're provocative. Because the CNN audience wants to hear this stuff. The CNN audience, everybody at airports, walking around to their next flight. There it is on TV. CNN, where it gets its most viewers. That monopoly has to be ended. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. 
and as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound, to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community help students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. All this talk from the Democrats and the media. Just give us the report. Just give us the report. Well, let me reiterate something. Just give us your texts, your emails, and your phone logs. What do you mean? Well, you work for us. We pay your salary. We pay for your cell phones. We pay for your offices. We pay for your staffs. And while we're at it, the Freedom of Information Act, as I keep telling you, doesn't even apply to members of Congress. It should apply to members of Congress. I want to file a FOIA against Nadler and Schiff and Pelosi and Schumer and all the rest of them. Don't you, ladies and gentlemen? These are our elected officials. Shouldn't we know all about them? And while we're at it, again, I want to reiterate, remember all those deals you heard about? You don't hear about them anymore. Those sexual harassment, non-disclosure agreements where they used our tax dollars to settle sexual harassment claims on Capitol Hill? They won't even tell us who is involved in these deals. Well, we want to know who they are. And we want to see the agreements. We paid for them. Nancy, you're the Speaker of the House. Do it. I want you to listen to Nancy Pelosi. Cut 10. Go. Do you think that Robert Mueller, the special counsel, should testify before Congress? I'm not going into that. I think they should release the report. That's where the evidence is, the information is. Let's see the report. If they don't have anything to hide, they shouldn't worry. If they don't have anything to hide... They shouldn't worry. You see my point, ladies and gentlemen? They're trying to protect individuals who testified, who were told, and who knew that their testimony in front of a grand jury without a lawyer would not see the light of day. That's the way it's supposed to work. Pelosi says that's hiding something. I can assure you our intelligence agencies are going over this report right now. I know how this works. And there's information they don't want to make available to our enemies. Or in the course of investigations that are taking place, having little to do with this particular investigation. Nancy Pelosi says that's hiding something. There are individuals who've done absolutely nothing wrong, who are interviewed in the course of an investigation. They may not even want their names out there, and they shouldn't have their names out there. But Nancy Pelosi says they want to hide They want to hide because Nancy Pelosi doesn't believe in law and order. She doesn't believe in justice. She's a mobster for the Democrat Party. What else did she say? Go ahead. I have any concern about their taxes. They shouldn't be worried about releasing uh, their tax returns. Well, why don't you show us how it's done, Nancy? You and that slug husband of yours, Paul. Paul and Nancy Pelosi. Dumb and dumber. 
Why don't the Pelosi show the way? She's Speaker of the House, ladies and gentlemen. She decides what gets voted on on the floor of the House and what does not. She decides that. And with a significant majority in the House, she decides what's passed or not. Wouldn't you like to see Nancy Pelosi and Paul Pelosi's taxes? Well, I would. I would. Is there a single reporter left in this country who would go to this briefing and ask Pelosi to do what she demands of others? No, there's not one. At least at these events, at these press conferences. There are others, yes, but not at these press conferences. What do you have to hide, Nancy? We want to see 10 years of your tax returns. Matter of fact, as I said the other day, I would take the Elijah Cummings letter to Donald Trump's accounting firm. All that's requested from that accounting firm and demanded, in fact. And I would change the heading to Paul and Nancy Pelosi, to Chuck and what's his wife's name, to Chuck and Broomhilda Schumer. I don't know her name. Broomhilda sounds about right. And I would put the ball right back in their court. And again, these confidentiality deals that were reached, or as the left likes to say, hush money. In the case of Capitol Hill and individuals, and apparently there's a number of them, members of Congress, who settled these sexual harassment complaints in secret and used our tax dollars, your and mine, to pay off the accuser. Why is there absolutely no interest in this whatsoever? Because the New York Times and the Washington Post, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, they're all in the tank, may I say. Bought and sold. I think I heard that phrase, right, Mr. Producer? They're bought and sold for the ideological left. That's all they care about. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, May 21st, that'll be a big day. I think it'll be a big day, not just for me. It'll be a big day because we're going to go on the offensive, ladies and gentlemen, Levinites, you and me. It's the day that we confront the mass media in this country. It's the day that we expose to our fellow citizens the truth about the mass media in this country. Not on a surface level, But we go very deeply. It's the day you'll learn more about the New York Times than you ever knew before. It's the day you'll learn about certain individuals who have a powerful influence on how the news is acquired, analyzed, and regurgitated today. No conspiracies, just the facts. It's all just the facts. You'll see the great journey the press has taken, mostly into the toilet. 
you learn about some of the early men and their printing presses and how they advanced the cause of the American Revolution. The principles you find in the Declaration of Independence and the protections that exist in the Constitution of the United States, none of which the modern press would be capable of doing. You'll see today's modern press, while most of it dresses up as an objective truth-telling entity, more and more of it openly is out of the closet. More and more of it tells you that objectivity in news is not the goal. It's social activism. You'll see a lot. You'll learn a lot because I learned a lot in researching this book and putting it together. And I was also committed to writing it in a way that will make it very understandable to most people. And we've got some plans in addition to some book signings, and I don't do a lot of those. Some plans for the, uh, for the original release of the book that I think are going to be very exciting for you. You know... If you actually write a book, I don't mean put your name on a book that somebody else writes or just edit it. If you actually write the book, do all the research, decide what stays in the book, what doesn't go in the book, go through the editing process. It's a very humbling experience. It's a very humbling experience. It takes a great deal of time to write a serious nonfiction from beginning to the end. But it also takes a great deal of time to talk about it. To explain it so people read it. You Levinites, you're remarkable people. You're the smartest people of any audience that exists. People say, Mark, how do you sell so many books? I don't sell so many books. It's that my audience wants to learn. And they read. You read. You're smart. I don't care what degrees you have, if any. You're smart. You want to know what's going on. You know, the test for me used to always be my mother and father. When I finished writing Liberty and Tyranny, it took me 16 months to write Liberty and Tyranny. And when I was finished, I said to myself, I think this is a good book. But I don't know what people are going to think. I sent it to my mother mother and father. Why? Well, they're my parents, but that's not why. Because they had a very practical look on life, approach to life. They're people of great honor, great dignity. They grew up so poor, dirt poor. And yet, they made something of themselves. They weren't rich by any means. They were middle class. They started a nursery school and a day camp, which I don't even think they'd be able to do today. They eventually sold that because it was exhausting. My father would work 20 hours a day, my mother too. Then they opened a little store outside of Philadelphia in a town called Jenkintown. Many of you in WPHT country, you know what I'm talking about. 
in a good year, their best year, I think they grossed $75,000, but mostly forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year. Enough to live off of, but nothing extravagant in any respect. And they didn't want anything from anybody. They were honest. They didn't rip anybody off. But they were always conservatives. And wow, did they love this country. They love this country. One of the toughest things you have to do, it's tough for me to even talk about, is when your parents pass away. And my passed away very close to each other. As the trustee is to go through their house. And to look at their papers. To see the things they have, including their trinkets. My parents had more patriotic things in their house than you could shake a stick at. And whenever my dad illustrated and wrote his books with support of my mother, he wasn't thinking about money. They didn't need any money. They were living fine. He's thinking about the future of the country. That's why he wrote his books for children and grandchildren, little kids. And as I've gone through their papers, I've gone through everything, it's an enormous task, as some of you know. I've learned things I didn't even know. We found my father's dog tags, his honorable discharge document. We found all kinds of beautiful pictures of my mother when she was a teenager, awards that she received I never even heard of before. My parents lived the life of true Americans. (coughs) True Americans. And uh, they raised their kids that way. So when I finished Liberty and Tyranny, I sent them a copy of it. I didn't hear from them for about a week. And we talked every day. In fact, I talked to my parents after this radio show every time I did a radio program. My mother, the last few years of her life, was not really able to do that. My father was. My biggest supporters and honest critics. And my dad called me about a week after I sent him Liberty and Tyranny. He said, I want to tell you something, Mark, and I don't tell you this as your father. And when did it come out, Rich? 09 or 2010, something like that. 2010. This is one of the finest books I've ever read. I said, come on. I said, listen to me. And my dad read a lot. He said, you're going to sell a million copies. I said, nobody sells a million copies anymore, Dad. He said, you're going to sell a million copies. I said, why? He said, because the title is exactly what's in the book. You're promoting liberty and you're fighting tyranny, and it comes through on every page. When I sent him a copy of my next book, Ameritopia, which is a much more complicated book, he called me and he said, this is a much more complicated book. I said, okay. 
He said, this book will be remembered for eternity. I said, well, I don't know that. He said, but you're not going to sell as many. I said, why? It's a much more difficult read. He said, not a difficult read, but a more difficult read. And my mother said the same thing. See, I'm sharing everything with you. I have kept this in mind in this new book, Unfreedom of the Press. And I'm constantly thinking, what would my mom and dad say about this book? First of all, they would say, I think, somebody needed to write this book, and our kid did it. They were very, very proud. And I do believe if I had sent it to my father and mother, they both would have said, okay, you hit your stride on this one. It's a very, very important book. It's a, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very important book to me because I don't know how we're going to save this country. I don't know how we're going to return to a constitutional republic if we don't address as a people outside of the mindset of Washington, D.C., outside of the mindset of the political establishment, outside of the mindset of the media industrial complex. I don't, I don't know how <clears throat> we're going to get our footing back, our patriotism back as a people, our unity back as a people. I don't know how we're going to respect the nation state anymore, enhance our culture, take our classrooms back, support our military, support our cops, unless we deal with this issue of the press. We don't see government involvement. Interestingly, it's the press that seeks government involvement in everything but the press. It's the press that could give damn about the rest of the Constitution, especially the Second Amendment, where you and I embrace the whole thing. But unless we truly understand what we're dealing with here, we understand the history of the media, we understand the low point we're at with the media, we understand who's really, you know, providing us with the news unless we understand their their fundamental purposes their flaws and unless we have a true national dialogue about this I earnestly believe we're finished and I'm not the only one the founders would have said the same thing the framers would have said the same thing Freedom of the press exists not for Jim Acosta, not for Jake Tapper, not for these television networks or these cable networks. It exists for you. So we can communicate with each other, so we can make rational decisions when we're provided information. The early press was also extremely patriotic. The press today is not. Just look at this New York Times piece I read to you in part today, and look at the Washington Post. Do they seem patriotic to you? I don't mean agree with the government. I mean support the country. Anyway, we'll talk more about the book later. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton is essentially an irrelevancy. He was always promoted by the Democrat Party. He's a fraud in my view. He has a very dangerous and troubling past. And yet the Democrats are very afraid of Al Sharpton the way they're very afraid of Louis Farrakhan. And there's a piece in the New York Post which knows Al Sharpton well. Democrats are so afraid to piss off Al Sharpton. How is Al Sharpton, the Jussie Smollett of civil rights, still a kingmaker? This week, nearly every single Democratic candidate for president, save the otherwise distracted Joe Biden, has or will appear at Sharpton's annual convention for his National Action Network, which he calls a charity. A more rational observer might call it a personal piggy bank funded by shakedowns. This is a man who, as the Post exclusively reported last December, sold the rights to his life story to his own nonprofit, paying himself $531,000, on top of his salary of $244,661 to run NAN in 2017. When asked by the Post when he would see that half million, Sharpton, who was covering the 100th anniversary of Nelson Mandela's birth in South Africa for MSNBC, itself a sacrilege, took offense. What does that have to do with anything, he asked. Such is Sharpton's M.O., one that's kept him in public life for over 30 years. Dodge, deflect, deny, distract, and then cry racism. Sound extreme? It's a practice that has kept major American corporations donating to his group rather than deal with Sharpton's poisonous accusations. McDonald's, Pfizer, Verizon, AT&T, GM, American Honda, Chrysler, Macy's, Anheuser-Busch, and Colgate-Palmolive have all paid to keep Sharpton quiet. Former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg reportedly donated 110000 throughout his term in office, and Sharpton, who historically loved nothing more than to point to his megaphone at City Hall and inflame racial tensions, finally shut up. Once Sharpton's on board, he plays the race card all the way through, a source told The Post in 2015. He just keeps asking for more and more money. One of the great mysteries of modern American history is how Sharpton ever survived Tawana Brawley. For those too young to remember, in 1987, Brawley, then 15, was discovered wrapped in a garbage bag, smeared with human waste, and racist epithets written in charcoal. She claimed she had been gang-raped in the woods in upstate New York by six white men, including then-Dutchess County Prosecutor Stephen Pagonis, who's called into this program from time to time over the years. Sharpton was Brawley's greatest supporter. Even as it was revealed, she made the whole thing up, even as she and he were ordered to pay restitution to Pagonis, whose life and reputation were ruined. It was an order both, of course, tried to shrink. Sharpton's fee was eventually paid by supporters. In the 80s and 90s, New York, when race relations were dismal at best, dangerous at worst, Al Sharpton sought to instigate and agitate rather than calm, even as he later became a buffoon, one of those only in New York characters with his bouffant and his medallion, wearing athletic suits even as he was morbidly obese, Al Charlatan to Ed Koch, he indefatigably reinvented himself. He dropped the weight, bought a briefcase, He wrote a book, ran for president, and aligned himself with the Dalai Lama. 
We knew, as he surely did, that it was still a big con game, an entertaining sideshow, and really it still is. Who in today's America finds Al Sharpton politically and racially relevant? Who can recall the last thing Al Sharpton did for someone not named Al Sharpton? On Friday, every candidate from Kamala Harris to Elizabeth Warren to Bernie Sanders will nonetheless kiss the ring, as Beto O'Rourke did on Wednesday afternoon. Beto pulled a cynical 180-degree 180 180 turn on his former opposition to reparations. In other words, he was against it just last month before he was absolutely for it today. Perfect funhouse logic for the political theater that is Al Sharpton. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Mark LEVIN, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, folks, out of the blue, out of the blue, absolutely unprovoked. Alec Baldwin is on the Howard Stern uh, show. I happen to like Howard Stern. Never met him, never talked to him. But he's a remarkable uh, personality. And uh, say what you will about the content of his program. I know some of you won't like it and so forth, but... I don't listen these days, but I'm saying that he is a remarkable radio personality and businessman. But Alec Baldwin is just a fat, bloated slouch. And apparently he attacks me on Stern's show last week, so we'll deal with that in the next hour. I saved it for hour three. Why would I, why would I start my show off with him? Thinks he's a tough guy, thinks he's real strong. Because he's overweight with that big, fat, bulbous nose that he has. Thinks he's hilarious. He's on Saturday Night Live. He's a, uh, he's got one note in his songbook, one note, that he can mock Trump. Wow, what an actor. What an actor. He's tried TV, he's, uh, uh, radio rather, he's failed. He's tried TV in terms of uh, talk programs, he's failed. He's failed a lot. But we'll get to him in a minute. And I, I wanted to say something else, very serious. I, I have to say, I listen to some friends of mine who are conservatives on Capitol Hill and elsewhere, and I'm growing increasingly disappointed. 
We have a president of the United States who's been talking about this border since the day he decided to run for president. He's been enormously concerned about it. He was very prescient about what's taking place today. He's given no credit for this. And finally, trying to work with Democrats in Congress and frankly trying to work with Republicans who once controlled Congress and didn't do a damn thing about any of this. He's decided to go it alone because there's no alternative. First, he was told, don't close the government. Of course, he didn't close the government. He was blamed for it. Pelosi set that up, but that's fine. But he said, no, I'm not going to sign a funding bill that doesn't pay for securing the border with a wall or fence or whatever you want to call it. And he was attacked. And he was attacked by people in his own party. He finally agrees to a deal that has a few billion dollars for the wall. Then he says, okay, now I'm going to trigger the National Emergencies Act of 1976. It wasn't like he was hiding the ball. He kept saying, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do this. It's been done over 50 times by every one of my predecessors since 1976. No, you can't do that. That's separation of powers. Of course, it's not the way he did it and for the reasons he did it. You could violate separation of powers, but he did not. So they tell him, these pseudo-conservatives, you're really getting nowhere with the government shutdown and you, you want to trigger the National Emergencies Act, which every prior president has, including Reagan and the Bushes and so forth, but you're going to be, you uniquely are going to be violating separation of powers. So he does it. And he was prescient. And what's taking place is we have massive chaos and anarchy on the border. We've never seen anything like this in modern American history. We're being flooded. The Democrats have put out the call for as many people as possible to come into the country. Will they obstruct anything that takes place? Then the president throws out another suggestion. You know what? I'm going to close the damn border. I'm going to close the border. I've got to do something. Nobody else wants to do anything. I can't get Congress's attention. They won't give us funds. They won't authorize anything. I'm the commander-in-chief. I have to worry about national security. I have to worry about crime as a general matter. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? Obviously not Congress. Obviously not the courts that undermine me every step of the way. Because none of them have been affected directly. No, you can't close the border. And there's a wonderful piece of conservative review by our buddy Daniel Horowitz who explains, oh, you can, and there's a way to do this and do it right. But nobody wants to hear it. You can't close the border, says the U.S. Chamber of Crony Capitalism. Say Republican after Republican. They say they're concerned about national security and law enforcement. Not really. So don't close the government to force the Democrats to act. Don't trigger the National Emergencies Act of 1976. Don't close the border. Well, what the hell would they have him do? What the hell would they have our president do? He's tried to use the budget. He's tried to use existing statutes. He's trying and thinking about using his authority as president to secure the border. What the hell would these Republicans and phony conservatives have Donald Trump do? He's trying everything he can. They're no better than the Democrats who want open borders, 
because not only haven't they done an effective damn thing to secure the border before Trump was president, they don't have an effective idea today on how to secure the border while Trump's president. Not one idea. So, by their inaction, and worse, they're going to tolerate what takes place and just watch. How are they any different than the open borders Democrats? Well, we need the votes. You had the votes. Prior to this November, you had the votes. You had the Republicans. But you couldn't get organized. You couldn't get your job done. Not amazing. Isn't that amazing? We have an outsider, a president of the United States. He sees a disaster. He's trying to deal with it. And he's undermined every step of the way, of course, by the Democrats, the Soviet Democrats, but also by the Republicans and also by conservatives. And I am a conservative who make excuses. Don't close the government. Don't trigger the National Emergencies Act. Don't close the border. What would you have us do? I'm here. I'm ready for any ideas. Not stupid, you know, out of left field stuff that you know is illegal or harmful. No, just any ideas. You, you members of Congress, feel free to call the program. Tell us, what are your ideas? We're waiting to listen. We're waiting. We, we want to know what they are. We want to know what they are. Finally, we have a president of the United States who agrees with us, who wants to secure the damn border. And he can't get support from his party. He's undermined by the media and the Democrats. He's doing everything he can do. Why is he standing alone? That's my question. Just something I was thinking about today. We're getting up to a place in this country that is frankly dangerous. Fake news. Fake hate crimes. Fake investigations. Fake friends. And the list goes on. Here's the good news. There are a few things left that are real, like Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. I take this product very seriously, and I take it in the morning, every morning, because it makes me feel better, and I know that I'm using a quality product made of real ingredients, nothing fake. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. And helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. It is as simple as putting one scoop in a cup of water, stir, and you're done. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. They have over 1,000 five-star reviews from people like you who have made the choice to live a healthier life. Plus, there's no risk. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. So you have nothing to lose, nothing. So I'd like you to give them a try. You've heard me talk about them before. Now's the time to pull the trigger. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and use promo code LEVIN. That's two Levins. BrickHouseLevin, L-E-V-I-N.com and promo code LEVIN and you'll get 15% off your first order just for trying it out. That's Brickhouse Levin, one word, Brickhouse, L-E-V-I-N dot com, promo code Levin. President of the United States, his own party won't back him when he talks about closing the border. Again, I encourage you to go to Conservative Review and read Daniel Horowitz's piece on how it can be done. 
without harming commerce. And that it was done before. Oh, you didn't know that. Well, you must be reading the New York Times and the Washington Post. The president has other ideas. He's saying, you know, if Mexico keeps this up, because, you know, none of these illegal immigrants from South and Central America can get here unless they or the vast majority unless they come through Mexico. And in part, Trump's saying, all right, look, I'll give you a year because he knows he doesn't have any backing today. And he's saying, not only that, maybe I'll use tariffs on your cars, Mexico. I'll figure out a way to punish you until you stop this because you have among the most, you know, aggressive anti-immigrant laws in the hemisphere. But you won't stop people from coming into our country and traveling through your country. Anyway, here's what the president said today. Cut 13, go. A lot of good things are happening with Mexico. Mexico understands that uh, we're going to close the border or I'm going to tariff the cars. I'll do one or the other. And you probably start off with the tariffs. That'll be a very powerful incentive because Mexico has the strongest immigration laws anywhere in the world. Uh, They don't have courts like we do. We have a stupid system of courts. It's the craziest thing in the world. We could be the only country that has it. You put a foot on the property. You put a foot into the United States. Congratulations. Go get Perry Mason to represent you. You end up with a court case. And then they release you and you come back four or five years later, but nobody comes back. Two percent come back. The not-so-smart ones come back. It's the most ridiculous system anyone's ever seen. And we have catch-and-release, and and we have uh, chain migration where somebody comes in and brings the whole family, bring them all, your grandparents, your brothers, your sisters, your cousins. The craziest thing I've ever seen, put in by Democrats. Have you ever heard a president talk so forthrightly, honestly, substantively like this on immigration? You get a you get a Jeb Bush, well, you know, or or whomever. He tells it like it is because it is exactly as he said, and he's right. The Democrats put this system in place in 1965, the heyday of the Great Society, when they controlled the House and the Senate by massive majorities, when they'd already packed the courts, federal district, appellate, and the Supreme Court. And they just plowed through their agenda the way they intend to do it once Trump leaves office by hook or by crook. They intend to do exactly the same thing. Destroy our economy. Destroy our energy system. Finally, we're energy independent and it drives them nuts. So they want to destroy it. They want to completely control our colleges and universities. You actually had this woman. What is her name? Christine Amanpour or something or other? Christiana, excuse me, talking to Comey on CNN about a hate crime or wasn't there anything the FBI could do when people were chanting lock her up to Hillary Clinton, these people who hide behind freedom of the press who don't even believe in freedom of speech for the rest of us. Trump said more. Cut 14. Go. If the drugs don't stop, Mexico can stop them if they want. We're going to tariff the cars. The cars are very big. And if that doesn't work, we're going to close the border. But I think that'll work. That's massive numbers of dollars. So if we don't see uh, people apprehended and brought back to their countries, if we see these massive caravans coming up to our country right through Mexico, coming right through Mexico, like 
Nothing. Buses are even given to them. The last three days, it hasn't happened since I said we're closing the border. The only thing, frankly, better but less drastic than closing the border is to tariff the cars coming in. And I will do it, just like you. You know I will do it. I don't play games. I'll do it. So we're doing it to stop people. We're going to give them a one-year warning. And if the drugs don't stop or largely stop, we're going to put tariffs on Mexico and products. How many, how many liberals live on the border? How many never-Trumpers live on the border? How many reporters live on the border? The people who seek to undermine this president, the people who support open borders, combination. Almost none of them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Do you wish that double chin would just disappear? Are those bags and puffiness getting a little worse every day? Here's Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas. I put that jawline cream on my neck like two or three days ago. That's the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me my face looks young. I'm blown away. Well, folks, with Genesil's natural actives and pure antioxidant base with no parabens, no chemical scents, no pharmaceutical preservatives, it's the clean luxury your skin deserves every day. Click or call right now. And the Genesel jawline treatment is yours absolutely free just for ordering the classic Genesel plant stem cell therapy for bags and puffiness. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Genesel works for men and women, and for results in 12 hours or less. The Genesel immediate effects is also included free. So call right now. Get free three-day shipping. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to genucel.com. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L, genucel.com. Next hour, I'm going to have to do deal with the riffraff uh, known as Alec Baldwin. This guy has been in trouble with the law constantly. Likes to punch people, cameramen, Scream at women on the street. He's always being abused, you know. Walks around with a chip on his shoulder. He's on an airplane, won't shut his damn phone off. That's just for the plebs, you know. Puts down janitors, puts down construction workers while he pretends to be this wonderful liberal. Supports infanticide. He's just a very stupid man and a lousy actor. Started out as a good actor. Remember the movie Hunt for Red October? You guys ever see that? That was a great movie. This guy's gone south ever since. He's bloated up. Looks like he's had one too many steak sandwiches. Bloated up. So we'll deal with him in the next hour, as well as many other things that are going on. Looks like uh, Gerald Nadler, another fraud. Great piece in the Free Beacon. Liberal dark money group to receive private briefing from House Democrat Gerald Nadler. This man is a liar. He's a hypocrite. He is, uh, he's a man who wants to take out the President of the United States. All these committee chairmen, all six of them. They've been told to go get the President. 
any means necessary, any basis whatsoever. Don't hold back. Now, I just posted a question to Nancy Pelosi on my social sites, on Facebook and on Twitter. Question for Nancy Pelosi. If you have nothing to hide, why won't you and your husband, Paul, release 10 years of your federal income tax returns? All of you need to ask the same question. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Alec Baldwin is a uh, washed-up actor. He, uh, he, he now has to resort to appearing regularly on Saturday Night Live, which I don't watch. It's predictably liberal and stupid. I remember the good old days when they actually had funny people and funny scripts. It's like the late-night comics on TV. They're not funny. They're just goons, left-wing goons who have writers who put words in their mouth, like Dennis, who put teeth in their head. So Alec Baldwin's on with Howard Stern on Sirius XM, March 27th. And this, in part, is how it goes. Cut 16, go. Hannity has an audience. He has a very big audience. Hannity makes a lot of money. Uh, uh, you know, the Fox News thing is obviously this big machine. It's this very profitable machine. And... um but, you know, again, the, the politest way I've always been able to put this is that audience are people who they need their news pre-digested. There See, folks, no... you need your news pre-digested. Now, what does that word pre-digested mean? You're talking, listening here to an absolute negative IQ buffoon. You either digest food or news or you don't. You don't pre-digest it. To pre-digest it means you're not digesting it. To pre-digest food. Just think about how stupid that is. Moreover, he's saying you're so stupid. You. The American people, my audience, Sean's audience. You patriots out there, you're so stupid. 
that you can't figure out the news without us feeding it to you. Isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? It's actually the other way around. For the left. I'd say it's for Alex Baldwin's audience, but he doesn't have an audience. Unless, of course, he's slugging somebody in the street, then he has an audience of cops arresting him. Go ahead. On the liberal side, yes, Maddo and some of those people on MSNBC get riled up and they get very foamed up and, they, and, they're, and they're very melodramatic on the air. But they're not a whole network devoted to this. No, no, MSLSD is not a whole network committed to that. No, folks. CNN's not either. No, no. Now, we know this to be the case because Alec Baldwin tells us. Go ahead. I mean, Ailes built it for that reason. Hannity is a guy who was like a janitor at a building on Long Island, like Valley Stream, Long Island. Is that true? And then like the local uh, like high school radio station, <laughs> the radio guy dropped dead. <laughs> and the, 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 the kid choked on a... Yeah. Uh, the course, 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 course. It's all false, but it doesn't matter. So you janitors out there, you have somebody in your corner, Alec Baldwin. Your typical lib likes to talk in abstractions about the little people, about lower-income people, about minorities. But the best this low-IQ, negative-IQ slob can come up with is Hannity was a janitor because he thinks that's a put-down. He thinks it's a put-down. Old Hollywood boy thinks that's a put-down. Go ahead. I'm a Duncan Munchkin right. and had to go to the hospital, <laughs> and they said, to, they said to Sean, get sit down. Just say some. Keep in mind, Sean has over 500 radio affiliates. One of the largest talk show hosts ever. On TV and radio. Can you name another person? On TV and radio. And so this miscreant is enormously jealous. You have to understand, he tried radio. A tryout in Philadelphia, and he failed miserably. He came off like the dummy that he is. He couldn't even speak for 30 seconds. He doesn't want to engage on ideas. He just uh, talks like this. He talks like a guy in the corner in Manhattan, wearing a raincoat, naked underneath, saying, Hey, little girl, come over here. Doesn't he sound like that? Yes, he does. He sounds just like that. He really does. Go ahead. And he's an untalented idiot. <laughs> he has no talent whatsoever. None. But he has. He's some. a ranting. He's, he's like a janitor. He's like a guy who gets from the microwave. He's like, you know. See, hey, he can't I... even get his thoughts straight. He's all hyped up. He's very excited. Finally, he has a microphone. A radio microphone. He's all excited. He's a, he's a janitor. I, I don't know. Maybe it's construction. He's a, he's a, what up? He's, he's, you know, he's a, like Dunkin' Donuts. He's a, he's a, he's a. Go ahead. Immigration, huh? It's immigration. He's like a Long Island, uh, uh, you know, working class buffoon. There you go, Long Island. A Long Island working class buffoon. So janitors, Long Island working class. What has this pig ever done? What has this pig ever done that is productive, that contributes to society? He's a drama queen. He's a drama queen. In his career, and he's a drama queen when he walks the streets. He's a drama queen. That's all he is. He's a putz. Go ahead. Well, everything is just hate, hate, hate. What you just said about Sean Hannity, he will go after you. Today. Who cares? He, he wants yeah. to make that, but yeah. you don't. You, but, how but do you Sean, deal but with that person? But Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, 
who lacks self-awareness. You see how they hate Sean? Because he's so successful? Because he supports the president? Because he's a fixture on Fox? A fixture on conservative talk? This is how they really think. And it's not even Sean. They hate you. This is really aimed at you. When they go after Trump, it's going after you. When they go after Hannity, it's going after you. You janitors out there. You Long Island working class out there. This pig who's done nothing in his whole life for anybody. This pig who's abused his own kid on, on, a, on a tape telephone call. Remember that? This pig who gets in the face of a woman on the streets of New York, threatening her. Threatening her. It's all on video. This pig who sits on an airplane when everybody else has to shut off their cell phones. He's there playing games with his friends on the cell phone and then abuses the flight attendants. Because they tell him, can you please, Mr. Mr. Baldwin, please sh- Hey, what do you think you're talking to me? Ooh. You must be a janitor. Go ahead. Any level. He's got zero self-awareness. Have you ever I mean, had a discussion you? with him? Have you? Done- no, no, no. no. Why, why would I waste my time doing that? <laughs> yeah, why would he waste his time doing that when he can stare in the mirror, talk to himself? And that's a big mirror, folks. I mean, wide. Go ahead. Levin? Mark Levin. Oh, is it Levin? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. You know. Mark Levin. <laughs> you know Mark how that Levin. goes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's very smart. Well, wasn't there uh, a guy? There was also a guy, uh, Savage. But he's, in, but he's yeah. another, like, like again, there's some people in that world, like, like Tucker Carlson. He is. Now, here's he, what he's going to do. He's going to put down Tucker Carlson and then build him back up and use him in comparison to Sean or somebody else. Because this is what a negative IQ leftist does. He's so, listen to him, he's so worked up. Yeah, yeah, and then this guy, 11, 11. He knows my name. He's obsessed with me. He's a stalker. The stalker. It's a loser. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. He knows all about me, but doesn't know my name. Think about that. Right, Alec? Who names their kid Alec? Would you name your kid Alec, Rich? With a Mr. Call Screener, would you name your kid Alec? Alejandro, that's one. But Alec, that's kind of a transitioning name, isn't it? Transitioning from a normal person into a a complete buffoon. Go ahead. Reprehensible to me. (laughs) But he's got some broadcasting intelligibility. Yes. Yes. He can put some cogent polysyllabic words together. Right. Levin is an idiot. (laughs) Hannity is an idiot. These guys have no talent. Levin is an idiot. You're a coward. I remember when Sean and I were on the radio dealing with you. You ran like a punk. You're used to confronting women in the street or old men in the street. You're a punk. Thinks he's Mr. Tough Guy. They're abusing. Well, go ahead. It's troublesome. They're horrible. You, they're they're horrible. horrible broadcasters. Levin is a black belt idiot. <laughs> uh, God, do they hate me. It's hilarious. Funny how he got my name right there, Mr. Producer. Alec. Al Lick. Al Lick. Is it Al Lick? Is the emphasis on Lick? What is the word? Alec Bald Win. Al Lick Bald Win. Levin. Levin. Is it Levin? Is it Levin? Levin. Levin. He's an idiot. Black belt idiot. Black belt idiot. Must be a janitor. Maybe he's a janitor. Maybe he is a. A working class Long Islandite. Maybe, maybe that's what he is. Maybe not like me. I'm Mr. Cool, you know. Mr. Cool with my uh, 
my 48 waist and my uh, my 36 double D breasts. Me, Alec, Alec. I'm transitioning and I don't even know it, Alec. Listen to my voice, it's even changing. My voice, my breasts, my waist, everything. How did this happen? Go ahead. Things he says are just not interesting. But you know they're going to come at you hard. Does that not play on you like it? No, no, I don't say I like I don't care. You really don't. Well, because there's people who they talk to. Am I ever going to win those people over? He's talking about you, folks. Do we even think about this clown? Does anybody even think about this clown? When anybody go to a movie that he's in, when anybody watch a TV show that he's doing? No. Why would we? It's more fun to watch mental patients bouncing off padded walls through the eye hole of a door at a mental institution than watching this guy. Walking package of flatulence. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Baldwin. Now, Alec, uh, we had a little confrontation with Alec back in 2006, many, many years ago. Sean Hannity and I did. And Alec was a guest of a friend of ours, Brian Whitman, on WABC radio. And Hannity said, let's call in. I said, no. He said, no, let's call in and deal with Al Lick. Al Lick also sought to be a talk radio host, and WPHT gave him a shot on a weekend, and he had his sidekick, I think his agent, and Al Lick couldn't put three words together. And Al Lick kept saying, don't we have any calls? Don't we have any calls? Anyway, anyway, our buddy Sean Hannity and I, March 26, 2006. But Sean put it together on his show on Tuesday, right, Mr. Producer? So this is Sean on Tuesday on Fox, and he'll be referring to things that occurred years before. Go. I'm so dumb. What I do on radio and TV is so easy. Why have you failed a cable TV news show, a network show, And you and I both know you wanted to work in talk radio. You failed and flopped in both these businesses over and over again. Now, just to remind everybody, Alec Baldwin wanted to be a radio talk show host. One day, he was given a chance to try out at a New York station that I worked at. So I called in. The great one, Mark Levin, called in. Something really interesting happened. Watch. Sean Hannity? Uh, Is that Brian Whitman? Hi, Sean. Alec, I wanted to give you an official WABC welcome, considering you uh, you were supposed to come on my program last week, and you uh, you didn't show up. What happened? No, I wasn't supposed to come on your program, no, Sean I Hannity. Didn't. I wouldn't dream of coming on your program, well, Sean Hannity. I'm here with Brian. I'm here with a really talented... You are. You don't tell the truth. I'm here with a really talented broadcaster. Oh, Why no, would no, I want to no, come no, on the no, show? No. With a no-talent former construction worker no hack like former. you. Are you the guy that said that our vice president, while we're at war, while we're leading troops in harm's way, are you the reckless uh, third-rate Hollywood actor? That- Here, all the acid, venom, spewing, and the hatred, it is Sean Hannity. Yeah, well, you'll be one of 
on the actually, we've only just begun. Are you 40 or 50 pounds overweight now? Oh, okay. come on now. Who is this? Well, that's the bloviator. Oh, Mark Levin is. I wish I could play the whole thing. After being completely embarrassed, Baldwin got so angry. He left his own show that he was hosting. Walked out of his own talk show. Nowhere to be found. Alec, come back. They're gone. Alec? Alec has uh, walked out of the studio. By the way, you can hear in the background, like the steps of a 650-pound guy. Can't you, Mr. Badoo? Boom, 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 boom. They had to find a chair wide enough for that fat ass. They really did. And I believe they locked up the vending machines. He's known to shake down the vending machines for a bag of M&Ms. Go ahead. Please come back. He is uh, in the other room. Alec Baldwin has put on his jacket, and uh, he has left. Alec wasn't done trying out for talk radio. He thinks, all right, I won't go to a station they know. They went to our affiliate in Philadelphia, WPHT. I have to admit, Alec, I give you credit. This is the greatest tape in the history of radio. So good because you're so bad. Watch. When can we take some calls, Ivan? Whenever we want. Do we, do we, we have calls that are on there now? Do no some calls, calls yet. No calls, no calls yet. yet. What number do people call to get on the air, Ivan? Do we have that number? It's right there. <clears throat> oh, do I have the call number in front of me? Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, that's interesting. Interesting. Do we have any calls yet there, Ivan? No calls. Let's read some more about Scientology. <laughs> is Sean Hannity a Scientologist? He, he is obsessed with Hannity. But see, they, they, they found a brochure on the day, table that was left behind by the prior host. He doesn't know what to say because he's got a negative IQ. He doesn't have two brain tissues to rub together. Go ahead. Alec Baldwin posing the big questions tonight here. Uh, do we have any calls here yet, Ivan? None. Boy, it's just incredible. And we can't forget ever Alex Lowlights. And this is only a small sampling. Thank you. Oh, you Thank you. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Answer me, yes or no? Yes. If you're here when my wife and my kid come out here, you've got a big problem. You know that, don't you? Okay. Now here he's confronting a woman and threatening her right in her face, kind of like doing a Joe Biden. Go ahead. I honestly do yeah. not. We have you to want to apologize to our camera? I, I asked you a question. Do you want to apologize to our I asked you a question. You better be ready Friday, the 20th, to meet with me. So I'm going to let you know just how I feel about what a rude little pig you really are. Out of respect for his daughter and his brother, Stephen, I'll just stop there. Uh, because Alec, he's had a rough time. TV shows failure, talk radio career collapsed before it even started. Well, you know what, Alec, after you work out your anger management classes and your legal issues and you're being sued today because you fought over a parking spot because you were too cheap to get one yourself, maybe you could try again. Let me be clear. I'm extremely proud. 20 years. By the way, I've I'm, I'm been sitting here racking my considerable brain. Who does Al Lick look like? More and more. Who does Al Lick look like, Mr. Producer? Rosie O'Donnell. I think he looks more and more like Rosie O'Donnell. Sounds a lot like her, too. Al Lick. Such a tough guy. Confronting that woman in her face. Trying to intimidate her. But you couldn't even intimidate her, Al Lick. 
He'll be back on Saturday Night Live making faces with his lips, with his face, and all the rest of it. And I'll be right back. Proud fanatic for the Constitution. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Already a busy weekend, even though it's just Thursday, folks. Is today Thursday? It is Thursday. I will be on Waters World on Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Jesse's a good guy, very good guy. And solid as a rock when I watch one, The Five. It's a hell of a good show, The Five. I like the show. Took me a while to really cozy up to it, if you will, but I really like it now. Even with what's his name, the lib. And then Sunday, of course. Sunday, Sunday. Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. For the entire hour, my guest will be Lara Logan. For the whole hour. And it'll be fascinating. So, uh, Waters World, Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern. And where else are we going to be this weekend? On Amazon.com. Now, why would we be on Amazon.com? Unfreedom of the press is 40% off. 40% off. Now's the time to act before they reduce the discount. I tell people this all the time. This is what? My number, my eighth book. Happens every time. They have a very deep discount early on because they want to encourage people to purchase the book. That's the time to strike. It's like buying real estate. There's certain times to buy real estate or stock and bond. Same with books. So I give you this little bit of inside information. When they're deducting 40% from the retail price of the book, in this case, it brings it to $16.80. That's the time to strike. And if you go to Amazon.com and you look up Unfreedom of the Press, or use my name. You'll find the book, and you can get it at a deep discount. Now, what was I doing, Mr. Producer? Oh, let's see here. A recent study shows Americans are sleeping less than ever, even though lack of sleep ruins your performance and impacts your relationships. Well, I've got some good news, because how you sleep at night is all the folks over at Bowling Branch think about. That's right. They want you to get the best night's sleep possible. So they created the softest, most comfortable, 100% pure organic cotton sheets in the world. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sleep better thanks to Bowling Branch, including us. And use all their products, from the signature soft sheets to the cozy throw blankets to their plush towels. They're designed with you in mind, and they're made the right way, not the easy way, no shortcuts. And they want you to love your Bowling Branch purchase. And by the way, I really know you will. And so they'll give you a 30-day risk-free trial. 30-day risk-free trial. Now, Bowling Branch is offering you, my listeners, $50 off your first set of sheets, plus free shipping at BowlingBranch.com with promo code MARK. I want you to go to B-O-L-L, BowlandBranch.com, promo code MARK, get the $50 off, BowlandBranch.com, 
promo code Mark. It's really, really, those sheets are absolutely fantastic. All right, let's see, please, if my call screen is back up. No, it's not, Mr. Producer. Who shall I speak to, please? Zanna, Kentucky, WVLK, is that correct? Rosanna, Rosanna, Anna, I'm sorry, go right ahead. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? Very well, thank you. Good. Um, I would like to push the rewind button back about an hour and say something about the Mueller report. Go I ahead. May. Yeah. Okay. When you were talking about it earlier, I, it just popped in my head, like, what if, you know, the Pelosi's and the Schumer's and anyone else on the left are just tripping out about what Page and the Strucks might have talked about, about the left. I'm not, I'm not following like, you. Do what? Say that again. I'm not following you. Yeah. What if the Nancy Pelosi's, the left, are really just wanting to know what could have possibly been said about the them by the pages and the struck, the people that were I, I, interviewed? I, that, I don't think they're thinking about that because they wouldn't be demanding all this information if they thought they were involved. Yeah, I was thinking they may have wanted to get ahead of what could have possibly Well, they don't want to get ahead of it publicly as a logical matter. That yeah, wouldn't get them ahead of it. Suppress the, the findings. Well, they don't want to suppress it. They want everything they say. Where you can catch them perhaps is on the other side where we don't have a special counsel and a prosecutor's report or an investigation, and that is on the Hillary side. Uh, with the uh, money spent on the uh, dossier and so forth. I understand some uh, news people are saying, well, it didn't really start then. You know, it started with Papalopoulos, Papadopadopadopolis, or however you say it. Uh, no, in earnest, it actually really started with the dossier. That's what really pushed it over the edge. That's what the FBI embraced. Uh, that's what the FISA court used, not Papadopoulos. So I just wanted to make that clear. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Lou in Michigan. How are you, sir? I am wonderful, sir, and it is an absolute pleasure to uh, to be able to speak with you, and I appreciate you taking my call, sir. Well, how are uh, you listening to us? Because I know it's not WJR. They run us late. How are you listening to us? Oh, it is WJR, the great voice of the Great Lakes. Yeah, well, they must be running me live then? They must be, because we are talking, aren't we? Um Two things. Well, well, there's a lot of ways to talk, but go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm astounded at the double standard on how we were uh, scolded about being patient as this seemingly never-ending charade with this Mueller investigation went on. And then he releases the report finally after two-plus years. And because the full report was not released within a week, all of a sudden we have to have um, groups getting together, our, congr- our Congress people getting together, uh, talking about issuing subpoenas because it's taking too long and we're dragging our feet. You know what? This is a great point. This is a very good point. Leave Mueller alone. Don't interfere. Let it take its course. And now hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. That's a very good point. And by the way, the reason you can hear me on JR is you're hearing me delayed you're hearing my first hour when for the rest of the nation i'm live on my third hour just so i could explain that to you lou excellent point thank you for your call my friend andy 
Stanhope, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. The caravan, Mark, you know me as one of your longtime callers. It's just not a caravan. When I think of a caravan, you know, I, I think of like the movement of goods or I think of the circus caravan or something. This is an invasion. This is a horde of people. And we can speak the language no matter what the left says. That's the language. That's why I let you take the microphone. I worked for a local news organization, and they had me cover these pro-illegal immigrant rallies. And I, would, I said to them, you know, my wife is an immigrant. We had to pay the fees. So why doesn't your group raise money and give that money to legal immigrants so they could pay their fees because it's unfair. Mm-hmm. It's unfair you didn't have to. So that, in sense, this uh, Occupy Wall Street type girl, and I wanted to tell Alex Baldwin probably exploits illegal immigrants, pays them less, abuses them, browbeats I, them. I don't think his name is Alex. I don't think you, you pronounce it. The, the old school pronouncing is Al Lick. Right. I think and his I, name is Al Lick. Wait, it's a misnomer that the ones that sneak over are the ones that are poor. They're poor. My ex-girlfriend's from Guatemala. Her sister's place was like a prison cell. And I want to say the great one, I let you take the microphone from me. I'm not supposed to give the mic to people, but it was Bark in the Park, and you did a great little interview. I appreciate that. Wait, wait, wait no, no, I'm confused. Did you come to Bark in the Park? Yeah, a few years ago. You, and you I know, wanted... we're, we're, we didn't have one last year. You know we're going to have another one this year? Oh, great. It was probably three years ago. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I hope to see you this year, too, because we're going to do it, and we do it for the adoption of the dogs. Uh, and I hope to see you again, Andy. Thank you, my friend. Let's continue, shall we? June, Trenton, New Jersey, where Trenton makes the world takes the great WABC. June, Maybe you're one of the people from Trenton who can tell us what Trenton makes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I just moved here, Mr. Oh, Levin, um, yes. less than a year ago. I lived in uh, central New Jersey, and um, I you, you had me laughing the whole evening uh, today, especially with the Alec Baldwin. And I do apologize. I did go to his play, oh. uh, and I'm sorry that I did. But whatever it is. I'm sure um, he was spectacular. I, He's he's a very good drama queen, I must confess. Yes, he was. And actually, the other if it wasn't for the other actors, um, mm-hmm. I don't think he really would have made it. But I do want to let you know... Um, How do you memorize your lines after your brain has been so abused? <laughs> well... Um, his anyway, go right ahead. Who I thought was beautiful. That's a whole other Kim Basinger? It, oh, she was beautiful. I, whatever happened to her? I, he probably abused her, but anyway. Um, mentally, mentally, of course. Yes, absolutely, mentally. Um, I do want to tell you, I um, when the book first originally came out, or first came out, Proverbs, I got one for my grandson and for a friend's son. And uh, just um, day before yesterday, through Amazon, um, I did get two more Proverbs. Um, my dad's book, Proverbs man. for Young People. Yes, yes. It, he, he, he was very, very proud of that book. Oh, absolutely, and he should be, and uh, it really is a beautiful book. And I did order your new book, and um, I will be ordering another book for a very uh, dear friend. You're a book reader. 
Um, when I get a, a moment, uh, yeah. I do listen to you. So a lot of the, a lot of time you keep me uh, sane and going. And thank you so much for all that you do. And um, especially being, um, I'm a Vietnam era veteran. God so bless you. Thank you, and it's my honor to have served my country, and now my son is uh, serving as well, and um, actually he's going over to the continent of uh, Africa uh, soon, and um, as a mother... Uh, Probably Nigeria, but... Um, close. <laughs> but, but we wish him all the best. You have a wonderful patriotic family, and I'll tell you what, don't hang up. We'll give you a copy of Unfreedom of the Press when it comes out, and I will sign it for you. So don't hang up, and we want to thank you for your service. Thank you. My buddy Bill Corsair sends me an email list, and he is my buddy, and in many ways my mentor. And he's a Vietnam vet, and I get it kind of late in the show, his email. He says, you know, this is Vietnam Veterans Day. So I said, you know, I, I want to celebrate all the veterans on Veterans Day. And he said, I appreciate your answer, although I'm disappointed. And he was right. So I want to take this occasion to tell of you who served in the Vietnam War, Vietnam Veterans Day, I guess was last week, that of course we thank you here on the Mark Levin Show. And we do every day. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. My favorite college, not even close, Hillsdale. Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Can you explain the differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news. It's not too late to learn, no matter how busy you are, how long it's been since you've been in high school or college. And you can do it for free. Hillsdale College. As a service to our country, and I'm telling you, this is a magnificent institution with a great president, my buddy, Dr. Larry Arn, has free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes, the core that teaches how to think critically and act virtuously, and it can help you too. Getting started, very, very simple. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free, and you can start learning whenever you like. Visit levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. The registration page featuring these free online courses, it's not going to be up forever, and one day you're going to try and it's going to be gone. So now's the time to act. Start really digging in. Register today for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N, levinforhillsdale.com. Roy, East Rapids, Michigan, XM Satellite, go. Uh, thank you, Mr. Levin. Very much a pleasure. You um, got it. If I may speak to the Mueller report, there's only one or two reasons why they want that out uh, so quickly and so boldly, because either our president has some shady business doings, or there's a lot of Democrats that are going to go down, and probably the Democrats that they would like to go down. And maybe there's a power struggle. Don't Democrats. you think if the president had some shady business dealings and he is on a on a constant audit list and has been audited for years and years and years by the IRS, don't you think they would know the IRS? 
I absolutely is do. Is it the and job of Gerald Nadler and this other creep who runs another committee and the Speaker of the House to be grabbing access to a, a citizen's private tax returns under this fiction that they just want to make sure the IRS is doing its job? Tell me, did the Democrats care when the IRS was abusing tax uh, tax uh, revolt groups, taxpayer organizations? Did they care? No. Did they care about tax returns then? Only if they could be stopped, that is, the uh, Tea Party. So uh, I think enough is enough. Well, absolutely. But the alternative is, is they want somebody else in the Democrat Party to go down with the information that might be exposed. I, I'm not so, following you. Who? Where does this come from? Who do they want well, to go I, down? I would assume, I would assume that um, maybe Hillary Clinton and Obama maybe. No, no, you're, you're, you're out there in left field. You're, you're, you're heading towards Jupiter. This, there's, there's, there's no basis whatsoever for what you're suggesting. And a lot of these Democrats on these committees, they like Hillary. All right. Thank you for your call. I know you'll go on with it. That's fine. William, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA, where they believe in live broadcasting. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Good, thanks. When you're speaking of uh, Alec Baldwin, I was thought you were going to say he uh, reminds you of Carl Rove, but... No, nobody reminds me of Al Lick. Al Lick is a uh, one of a kind. <laughs> he's, a, he's a gas bag unto himself. Anyway, go ahead, my friend. Hey, look, you know, I think that Trump is really just, you know, sort of speaking of a gas bag. I think that's what he's become with this whole immigration issue. You know, you can't make you can't make promises to the people that voted for you as much as he has and, and then renege on them. As how, how is he reneged? Well, OK. I mean, you're going to go for a year now to. Well, I, I know what it's been. What, what do you want him to do? Shut down the border. Well, how do you want him to do it? Even if it was for a week. Pay attention. We're going to walk through this. How would you have him do it? Well, he how, how would he make the threat to do it? He has the authority to actually shut down the border. No, he doesn't. What do you want him to do? Well, who does have the authority then? I guess he can shut off the ports of entry, but we don't have enough people to actually line the border. But what would you have him do right now? Right now, I would have him shut down the border, as he said. And I know you just said that he can't do that, but then at least you can reinforce it with the military. He can shut down parts of the border, but we don't have enough people on the border to shut down the border. What he's talking about is cutting off Mexico. And you say, go ahead and cut off Mexico now. That's correct. Cut him off now. Mean what you say. I, then he must, but if he said, and you just called him a said, gas bag. This guy's been doing everything humanly possible to try and secure that border, follow the law, everything else. And I think you're wrong. I think to call him that because of everything he's already tried, because he hasn't done it with the snap of his fingers, you don't really understand how complex the uh, opposition is. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Check out Levin TV tonight. Check out Amazon on Freedom of the Press. And I'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless you. Thank you.